Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning into this video. My name is James Porcelli and welcome to another episode of Ruthless Talk. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It is Thursday. So today is all about AEW as well as a little bit of NXT. We're going to talk a little bit about Collision as well as Dynamite. And there is a, I guess you can now say a, a storyline, guys, a, a storyline that is actually captivating a little bit of the wrestling world that is involved uh, with AEW. We're going to talk about that in just a second, as well as NXT from this past Tuesday. Uh, but as you can see, uh, Brian Thomas is not with me uh, for today's episode. Um, my man is uh, heading out or is preparing for a little vacay um, for this coming weekend and going into um, next week. Um, so Brian Thomas for the next couple of episodes will not be with me. So your boy is going to hold down the fort and your boy is going to be doing these podcasts, these episodes solo for the time being. So Brian, if you're watching this, as always, shout out to you. Enjoy your little mini vacay and can't wait to have you back up on here um, on this show uh, when we talk. And I believe he'll be back here a week from today uh, when we do cover AEW as well as NXT and everything else um, around the wrestling world in regards to those two main shows. So and that is pretty much pretty much it. So, of course, guys, like I always say, make sure you guys continue to stay tuned for more episodes to come. Um, hit that notification bell. Do not miss a single episode. Make sure you guys um, go ahead and check out the Monday Night Raw review that I did as well in a solo episode that is out right now. So make sure you click out of this and make sure you go and watch that Raw review that uh, that was published just a couple days ago, um, as well as the Money in the Bank, the Good and the Bad and the Ugly that I did with Brian uh, that was up on Saturday. So make sure you go, you, you guys go watch those two episodes as well as stay tuned for more episodes to come. So a lot of talk over the past couple of days about WWE, uh, money in the bank. And so we're going to put all of that, for, you know, at a standstill, we're, we're going to pause, you know, WWE, um, uh, at least the main roster wise, we will, we, we will discuss a little bit of NXT, uh, later on in this show, as we still have a jam packed show for you guys today. I'm going to try to keep this as short, um, not as lengthy as uh, an original episode would be, um, as your boy has a busy day planned for the rest of this Tuesday or excuse me, this Thursday. I don't even know what day it is anymore, guys. <laughs> it's, it's just, that's, that's how life is right now, but Hey, um, your boy's got a busy Thursday, a busy day ahead of him as I am recording this uh, early on a Thursday morning. So I am going to jump straight into it. So of course, the first thing that I want to touch um, is AW Collision. So, and I think the last time that I covered this guys, um, as well as me and Brian did, like, I'm not going to really harp on most of the show because it's just not worth reviewing the entire show. Um, but I will say, and kind of mention, you know, the start of the show. Um, at least that was, I guess you can say was somewhat intrigued. And of course I know not a whole lot of people were tuned into collision because of money in the bank. And because, you know, people, you know, wrestling fans were tuned into that. Um, but you know, and of course 
Collision was taped uh, because of that pay-per-view. Collision was taped. It was aired on Saturday night, but it was not live on Saturday. It was taped. Um, and I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I watched this show uh, from top to bottom. I ended up watching it legit yesterday. And again, guys, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, people can make the excuses about this show and why they're not succeeding and why they're not hitting the numbers the way they should be. Um, I feel like honest, I mean, this company, AW and Tony Khan, they are legit jumping the gun. What I mean by that is the fact you're adding this show on a Saturday night, which is just bad business as it is, um, we kind of knew that putting this show on a Saturday night was very ballsy and a very, very high risk thing to do. Um, but just nothing about this show is any better than a rampage or anything better than you would have seen on a darker elevation. And I'm putting that very generously. Um, I, I just, it's just the way it is, but you know, you had even MJF who was on the show, um, couldn't even say this as MJF started the show. He wins a jobber match from a local jobber from the, from, from the local city of Hamilton, Canada, as they were in Hamilton in this, in the country of Canada, uh, not well, technically not this past Saturday, but for the taping of collision, um, he, MJF wins the match. He gets on the mic. He's trashing Hamilton as freaking as MJF would do. Um, and we're going to talk a lot more about MJF with the stuff that he's got going on with Adam Cole is we're going to save a whole lot of that uh, when, when, when I get into AEW dynamite in just a second. So, uh, so stay tuned for even more <laughs> for more MJF uh, in, in this episode, but MJF, you know, he states that he can be anyone in, in, in Hamilton, Canada or whatever, he calls out people from the back. There was a, another local challenger that comes out, but then gets pushed aside by Ethan Page. You know, of course, Ethan Page, he's a, uh, you know, fellow Canadian as well. Um, he goes out there, you know, of course, you know, fans, you know, being like the hometown, I guess, hometown, not sure exactly where Ethan Page's hometown is. I have to do dig more research of where his actual hometown is. Maybe it is in Hamilton. I'm not, I'm really not that hundred percent sure. Um, but he slaps the microphone out of MJF's hand and he pretty much just, he, he calls him, listen, you know, it's like MJF's listen, you know, listen, you're, you're not on my level, this and this and that, you know, no one's on the level of the devil, right? We've been hearing a lot of that as of late. Um, and Ethan page responds and he cuts a really good promo. And I've said this a lot about Ethan page, man. Um, this dude has something. He really, really does. He is better than most in that locker room. He really, truly is. The way he, the way that his, his delivery, his pitch, just everything about how he carries himself, Ethan Page, and the amplification and the depth of his voice, it just really, if, at least for me, it just, it really captivates me for, for the times of, you know, and how, how he delivers the promo. It's a shame that as of late, this dude has been, He's been in nothing relevant. He's been playing around with the Hardy boys. He's in some type of he's in some type of deal with the Hardys where I think if he lost a match, now he has to be a part of Matt Hardy's 
shtick or whatever. I mean, who freaking knows? <laughs> I, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then I, I don't blame you because it's it's hardly even on TV. Hell, you probably have to go on to freaking Friday nights on Rampage with people who only what there's only what 200 300 the thousand some odd followers that watch this show so if that's the case then i don't blame you for for not knowing what i'm talking about but ethan page he pretty much you know he's connecting with the crowd telling a story about his father um you know growing up in in hamilton canada and just you know having to really you know work hard for everything that he's earned and really connecting and cutting a, a decent promo in to that regard as he challenges MJF to an open challenge. So, I mean, for what it was, I was like, okay. But then we get into the open challenge. MJF just beats freaking Ethan Page in a decent match. It didn't do too much harm to Ethan Page. But the problem is, though, for Ethan Page is that, like, okay, what's the direction now for Ethan Page? Is he just going to go straight back to whatever he was doing with the Hardy Boys in, in, in on Rampage? segments every two to three weeks like like what are we like and that's that's my problem it's it's that it's such a hard time connecting with these wrestlers because a tony khan doesn't know how to book these wrestlers properly and b the fact that your your roster is so heavily just flooded and just freaking just overflowed with so much talent you know there's only so much you can do with so much talent and not even a separate episode of collision has, has even really helped them in, in that regard because it's still the same formulaic stuff that every now and then you'll see on a dynamite. But so Ethan page loses straight up. And I actually don't, I really wouldn't mind a, an Ethan page and MJF feud in the foreseeable future. I mean, this dude proved to you, Ethan page that he can be a, a, a somewhat of a decent freaking baby face, the way he was able to draw in, you know, to, to draw in the crowd and to get them behind him, it, you know, of course, him being from the area. And I understand that, you know, you want to give him that small spotlight, but then it's just like, okay, here's your little, you know, few seconds of fame. And then, and then, you know, moving forward, we'll just throw you back to rampage and just in irrelevancy for the most part. And I'm just like, man, like after hearing that, that that promo from Ethan Page and MJF is like really you know the, his facial expressions are telling the entire story. You know you can you can build something with that, but instead you've already just wasted the match. They they had this AW World Title match and it's just MJF wins as he should be, but it's just like man, like you know long term, like thinking long term, like setting up Ethan Page a ba as a babyface against MJF. Like the potential in that is through the roof. And that's what I mean. And now we're wasting it on an open challenge just for what? Oh, well, James, they're going to face each other. And, you know, maybe in the foreseeable future, it's, it's long-term. They can also play this story, you know, down the road when, when, when the timing is right. But guys, you've already wasted the match though, man. It does, and they went a good chunk of it. I want to say what close to about between 10 to 15 minutes in this match. And then after that, guys, nothing. You're promoting an Owen Hart Foundation tournament. And hey, listen, rest in peace and much and much love to to Owen Hart and and the, and the Hart family. Right? I I have no problem of what they're doing in regards to showing love and their support for the Owen Hart Foundation. But with this tournament, man, it's just like 
nothing seems to be getting accomplished. It's just like you're having a tournament. It's like, oh, well, James, that's just all it is. It's just for charity. It's, it's a foundation. It's okay. I understand that. But how many tournaments do we see in pro wrestling, bro? If you've seen one tournament, you've seen them all. If you want to do this type of tournament, that's great. But you're already having a blind eliminator tag team tournament on your Wednesday show. We see a lot of freaking tournaments. We saw a tag turmoil over in freaking w, in, in, in WWE. It's just how many tournaments to where it just becomes the formula of these shows and everything in regards to setting up feuds and matches just become redundant. Oh, what's, what's a way we can, you know, set up a match up. Let's just put in a tournament. Let's put wrestler A and wrestler B. Let's see who the best wrestler is out of these two. And it sets up for them to face the champion when no one's going to give a fuck about the match because there was no story at all. Um, so look, if you want to do this Owen Hart foundation thing and, and, and you want to show, appreciation to the Owen Hart family and all that stuff. I think that's tremendous, but I mean, there's, I feel like there's a lot of different ways that you can, you can do that. You, you can, you can support the Owen Hart foundation or whatever that doesn't really affect the longevity and the consistency of your shows. I hope that makes sense to everybody. It's cause again, we see so many of these tournaments Every single week, it feels like even every month, and it just affects the show week after week after week to where, again, you've seen one tournament, you've freaking seen them all. You know, you're going to see CM Punk and Samoa Joe, which sounds badass, right? I mean, I know, I know people are going to bust a load over the match, and hey, freaking Samoa Joe and Punk, that can be darn freaking entertaining. I highly acknowledge that. But you know what I also care about, though, guys, is how we get there. How do we set up, you know, Punk and Samoa Joe? Throwing them in a tournament? Come on, man. There's got to be, there's no way that this could be the best, the best option, the best thing that this company has to offer to set up CM Punk and Samoa Joe. There's no freaking way. And, and you already have this tournament with the blind, was it, I believe it's called Blind Eliminator tag team tournament. And I'm actually going to get to that in just a second. I do have some pros and cons about it, but this Owen Hart foundation tournament, it's just like, okay, I think I, I, it's a great, it's a great cause and everything. I think that's awesome. But for the shows, it's just, it's not doing anything. You're already seeing great wrestling. You're you, you always see just a wrestler a and wrestler B in a wrestling match in a one-on-one -on -one match or a two on two or a six man tag. And now it's just, like, what's, what's the point of having it on your show to, to, again, just to have good wrestling on a wrestling show? You know, there's, there's a lot of ways, guys, that you can, that this company can, you know, you can do like charity work in regards to helping this foundation. And, and you, you put out a tournament. To, to just, once again, just to have good wrestling matches that doesn't do anything to positively affect your show. So you have Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. These are, as we're now in the semifinals of this tournament, as well as Punk and Samoa Joe. I mean, guys, these are feuds where if you, 
and matches and feuds to where if you build it properly, if you actually gave it the time of day, this could be special, right? Or it could be as such, maybe not special. That's probably dragging it a little bit too far, but just fans that could really gravitate towards and me and me and be like, man, like I want to see what happens next between punk and Samoa Joe. I need, I need to see what happens between wrestler a and wrestler B in this feud leading up to this said match. But you throw out a tournament, an Owen Hart Foundation tournament, in the middle of your show that you need you need momentum for, you need viewership, you need to draw in fans now more than ever, and it, and it it's not doing anything at all. Because here's the thing too, guys, and I'm going to mention AW Collisions ratings, and I understand, you know, Money in the Bank was a was a huge blow because of that because all the eyeballs were on money in the bank i completely understand but again man i always talk about the fact that fans just don't have a fear of missing out on anything taped or not or if it wasn't taped if it was taped or if it wasn't again collision was on saturday night you know fans if they really really wanted to to tune into collision they can watch freaking money in the bank which was on an afternoon it's not like this was sun this was saturday night this was on a sunday that this was on a or sunday or a saturday afternoon right a saturday afternoon if you're if you're if you live in the states you know of course if you're from out of the states and that's a that's a different story but from in the states you're watching this on a saturday afternoon and if you really were tuned in if you were really interested and intrigued for collision then you would have tuned in on freaking uh, on freaking on Saturday night. But that's the problem is that there is no fear in missing out on AEW collision because all the talk was about money in the bank. And of course it's going to take a major blow. I didn't expect this to be a, a, another good rating for collision going into it, but guys, I was not expecting this. And that's the fact that AW Collision pulled in a four hundred fifty-two thousand in in their television ratings for this week. That is be- now below. We're three weeks, guys. Three weeks into this experiment, and we're now below five hundred thousand for the show. You know, and look, I understand. And listen, I wasn't expecting a high rating, regardless, but. I was assuming at least somewhere around 500 some odd thousand, but now we're below that. We're well below that to 452,000. And, and then, and, and does it go back up and moving forward? Who knows? Is it going to be a wide margin? I highly doubt it. You know, I mean, there is no fear in missing out on these shows. And that's what I've been saying about CM Punk as well. CM Punk, he was on this show to cut, you know, separate promos with FTR and Ricky Starks. He's on commentary. You know, he's in a face-off with Samoa Joe. Like, we haven't seen a face-off in this company. It's like, you got to get the ball rolling for Punk. You know, he's he's in these he's in these segments. He's in these, in these matches and in, and in these situations to where, no one's giving a fuck about man. That's the problem. But you want to rest on the CM Punk name like that's going to be enough where it's not. And that's why I always say, guys, that 
just bringing back Punk just to get cheap pops and ratings is not going to work long term. It's just not because CM Punk is not moving the needle long term. He's not a needle mover anymore. He's not that anymore. But you have to get behind him creatively to make him feel as such. And Tony Khan, so far, you know, I hope I hope I'm wrong moving forward, but so far, this experiment has been an absolute fucking disaster. Because I don't even know why this show is even a thing. Because even for AW Dynamite, and I've said this for weeks on end, the fact that this company has lost half, half of their freaking following on Dynamite. And now you expect on a Saturday night of all days to pull in the almost the exact amount of, of viewership to that extent on a, that you would get on a Wednesday night. I mean, Tony Khan and this company has has their heads so freaking far up their ass. It's it's ridiculous, man. Well, you know, it's just, oh, but don't worry. They have the video game, right? They have the video game that people, all the freaking nerds and marks are going to play over and play and freaking set up their great, their great, you know, wrestlers, their favorite wrestlers and their great wrestling matches. But yet the shows, man, nobody, nobody cares. Nobody has a fear in missing out on anything, regardless if it's taped, regardless if, if money in the bank was, was there if this past this past Saturday, and it did do damage to an extent. I I 100% agree with that. But I was ex I was not expecting a 452,000 viewership. How dramatically over the past three weeks has freaking dipped so freaking low to where man, it's just now you're again. I always say this as well about AEW. You have to now work triple and 10 times harder to even get back to that same number that you had on your premier show, your premier AEW collision show. You know, you're again, you have to work 10 times as hard to get that because I don't expect for the foreseeable future, they'll probably be, you know, moving forward. I can see them hitting the 600, the 700,000 in viewership, right? We, we can see that moving forward, but with this formula in this show you had MJF and 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 hang and and Ethan Page say some words and a decent back and forth and a decent open challenge it was okay and decent for what it was i don't know what that does for hang, for Ethan Page it doesn't really you know help his stock or anything that he's doing right now at all it didn't do any harm to him the way he lost the match but it doesn't get me that much more intrigued as I'm sure I can speak for a lot of you guys watching this about Ethan Page moving forward. And then you just get stuff about this Owen Hart Foundation tournament. And you get Dustin Rhodes and Powerhouse Hobbs in a, in, in a match that P Powerhouse Hobbs wins for Dustin Rhodes. Okay, solid match for what it was. But again, that's all I can really say for you. A as well as Bullet Club Gold. You know, is Bullet Club Gold, they they cut a promo, um, you know, they're talking about, they're pumping their chest about the eight-man tag match they won last week. And then Juice Robinson has a match with Ricky Starks and freaking loses. You know, you, you set up these, these people 
right? And, and it's every single week, regardless if it's a, a singles match, a tag match, a six-man tag, an eight-man tag. I mean, you're getting Ricky Starks, Juice Robinson, CM Punk, and FTR all in the same goddamn freaking ring. And you expect your fans and you expect casual fans to, 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 to elevate you over that 500, 600, 7,000 mark in viewership to tune in with this shit. Come on, bro. It's it freaking bullet club gold is out there. They're pumping their chest. They're talking about, you know, taking over and they're going to win all the gold and, 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 you know, you're trying to, connect with the crowd like you're this dominant faction and here is one of your members already losing dude in a nonsensical freaking singles match against ricky starks that doesn't do anything for anybody at all that gets nobody excited about ricky starks nobody gets excited about bullet club gold with the gun club now nobody gives a fuck at all and that's and that's the problem. And then what else do you got? You had freaking you had Andrade El Idolo get freaking pissed because House of Black took his mask, uh, and, and and he's throwing a temper tantrum because they took his mask, um, freaking backstage. Yeah, like again, man, just it's just so freaking odd. And then you had the Samoa Joe Roderick Strong match with Punk on commentary. I mean, if you enjoy Punk talking on the microphone, then hey, or on commentary, I should say. And more props to you. Um, if you enjoyed the show for what it was, hey, golf clap. I'm not taking anything away from you. But just know this, man. You could be getting so much freaking better. You could. I said that about even with, with WWE. And I always say the same thing about AW. You, you could be legit getting a better freaking show. Because whether you like this or not, regardless if you disagree with me or not, listen to my words. Nothing. And I mean nothing is making you want to watch or, or having the need for you to have or to need to you. You need to watch next week. There is not a segment in this show to, to where you say to yourself, I need to watch Collision next Saturday night. Who the fuck is saying that? Somebody tell me. Somebody freaking tell me. You know, unless you legit like. You know, freaking on a Saturday night, if you just want to cuddle up in a blanket and a pillow and some cup of cocoa and watch a and watch collision, then, hey, more props to you. But majority of you out there, that's not bullshitting themselves. You can think of 10,000 more freaking things better to do than watch freaking AW collision. I'm sorry, because regardless if money in the bank was this past Saturday or not, you know. N nothing changes about the thought process of the show. Nothing. The traject the 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 trajectory of the show and everything else as a whole does not change. It does not change at all because there is no fear in missing out on any of these shows. Would the number be slightly better? Sure. But is it but is it going to be anywhere to the extent where AW and AW Collision should be? Absolutely not. This is this is bigger than just being on a Saturday night or money in the bank was this past Saturday. It's deeper than that. It's deeper, small little issues to where, Oh, don't worry next week when they're live on Saturday night, people, there's going to be more people to tune in and, 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 and this and this and that, and everything's going to be fine. No, 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 absolutely. No, 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 absolutely not. The, the, the proof was in the pudding after the first week where it dipped dramatically 
below that 600,000 viewership. And I'm telling you, man, moving forward, if this is what you're getting every week with an Owen Hart Foundation tournament, punk in the most weird, bizarre, non-exciting, non-intriguing segments possible, then, okay, MJF, you want to put MJF on the show? Sure, that'll, that'll get a little bit of cheap pop and viewership, I'm sure. But if you don't get people wanting to care, and if you don't get people having the need to tune in, then nothing is going to change. It's, it's just not, you know. I mean, the fact that you're on a Saturday night, man, you got to hit grand slams. You can't just hit a small little base hit or an infield single. You got to hit home runs and freaking grand slams. And for three weeks straight, regardless of any excuse that people want to make, this show is not doing it at all. I don't want to hear the excuses. I don't want to hear any of that shit that people want to give me at all. This show, regardless if Money in the Bank was, was aired on Saturday afternoon, regardless if this show was live or not, regardless of any other excuse, whether it's freaking it's, it's Major League Baseball or NBA basketball or NFL football for the foreseeable future, there is no fear in missing out. And that is the problem. That's the problem, not just with AEW, but I've mentioned about with WWE as well. There is no fear. Majority of what professional wrestling has to offer, there is no fear in missing out on anything. That's why people would want to watch it on a streaming service. That's why people would want to watch it on YouTube and just any just any type of you know phone computer to watch it the very next day. It's like, oh, I can just watch it the next day. I'm not, I'm not missing anything. That's the problem then. And that's why professional wrestling has been a shell what it once was 10 freaking 20, 25 plus years ago. That's why, you know, and that's all I got for collision, man. You know, I, sometimes I do sound like a broken record, but Hey, sometimes I have to repeat myself in regards to collision. So, and that's, that's all I really got for collision outside of some Owen Hart foundation tournament matches and the whole MJF Ethan page thing, which I mean, for, for, for what it was, it was fine. I, I, I would love, you know, long-term down the road, you can set up that type of feud with Ethan page and MJF, but you just wasted it, man. You just freaking wasted it. Um, doesn't trust me. It, it doesn't do anything harm to Ethan page. That's not what I'm saying. You know, I'm not coming on this platform to say, oh, freaking Ethan Page was done dirty. Like Ethan Page was buried. Like a lot of people want to freaking use the word buried a lot. That is a term that gets used a lot in this community. I am not one of those people. But it just doesn't do anything for Ethan Page to where no one's going to get excited about what he does next. You know, and that's that's the problem, not just with Ethan Page, but with a lot of wrestlers in this company. So that's Collision, man. A 452,000 rating from this past this past Saturday, this past tape show for Collision. That number, man, just gets lower and lower and lower. And the way the trajectory of where this show is going, if it's going to continue to air on a Saturday night with this format, with this creativity, I expect nothing to get better. Absolutely nothing. So enough of that. <laughs> enough about collision. Um, as, as I spent at least a good amount of 30 minutes on that. 
But let me get into Dynamite. So there is honestly only one, there's legit only one topic that I do want to cover about Dynamite. And that is the bromance. (laughs) The bromance between MJF and Adam Cole from Dynamite. Outside of that, guys, and I'm I'm just going to get this out the way. Everything else, again, no fear missing out about anything. (laughs) Take it or leave it. Um, You know, freaking Darby Allin and Orange Cassidy winning a blind eliminator tag tournament match. uh, Take it or leave it. Uh, The Jack Perry uh, arriving to the arena and Hook attacking him from from the parking lot. I thought that was okay. I wish it was drawn out more. It would just, it ended within freaking seconds. I hardly, I mean, no one's going to freaking remember this freaking segment moving forward that could have led to something really, 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 really cool, really, really fun. But you just end it within, with, with, within seconds, bro. I I just, I don't understand that um, at all, but I I wanted to get on board with it, but it's just, again, you you end things so abruptly because we got to get to a, we got to get to all these freaking Owen Hart foundation tournament matches. We got to get to this blind eliminator tag uh, freaking tournament matches, which I will get to in just a second. Um, you know, the acclaimed and what they're doing, like, again, take it or leave it, bro. There's nothing special about anything else in regards to this show. Absolutely freaking nothing that I want to go back and re- and honestly want to talk about in front of you guys. Um, because like I said, I, I want to give you guys as I, and I know Brian Thomas, who is watching this feels the same way that people are actually talking about and what people are talking about, man, is this bromance that MJF and and Adam Cole uh, are rocking with right now in regards to their feud? Now, obviously, obviously, this this little bromance is going to be slight temporary, as I'm as I'm sure this uh, th- this match, this title match for if you know coming up is going to be saved pretty much for All In, which I believe is going to be August 27. So clearly, they they want to push that for the main event of All In and build build our way towards that and they are doing that with a bromance with mjf and freaking adam coleman and and i want to freaking and i want to give a small clap in regards to this this was entertaining stuff for this week now i i had i had my doubts about especially after the eliminator match that they had the 30 minute eliminator match. I'm like, okay, how could you possibly, how can you possibly go forward from there? You have this 30 minute match. Like how, like, where do you go from here now? Well, it seems to me they, they, they now, they now have a, they now have a direction of where they want to go and that's putting, and this is where I actually don't mind the blind eliminator tag tournament for what it is. And I'll, and I'll talk more about it in just a second. And that is putting MJF and Adam Cole in a team for this said uh for for this said tournament. Now, I don't want to jump the gun <laughs> and say that this has been this was great. This has been the best thing since sliced bread, but damn, I will say, man, and I haven't felt this way about AW television. You know, I, I guess you can, you know, you can maybe throw in, you know, the BCC. I've 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 spoken highly about the BCC and how at times, you know, you know, with Brian Danielson and Mox and others where, you know, they were beating people up backstage and they felt like a legit threat um, and telling somewhat of a story with the elite. It had its moments there, 
um, as well as Hangman Adam Page last week telling the story with the Dark Order and how he's conflicted. Just little things like that um, that, that really, at least for matches' sake, can do wonders just for your show, you know? But when it comes to this, man, this, this is fun. <laughs> this has been freaking funny. This shit has been entertaining. And guess what it, guess what it does, guys? It makes fans say to themselves, I need to see what MJF and, and Adam Cole do uh, freaking next week. I need to see where they where they go from this or how because there are multiple ways I'm sure that you can possibly lead to this to where of course it seems like you know MJF is kind of just you know trying to play or try to you know what what's what what's the word I'm looking for like play Adam Cole like a fiddle in regards to try to you know suckering him in to be his friend and, and you know he's throwing him a birthday celebration bash and it seems like Adam Cole the more we get into this team, the more he feels comfortable with MJF and how he he trusts him a, a little bit more. He still holds his boundaries. He always says like, whoa, bro, boundaries, boundaries, man. And MJF's like, yeah, my bad. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> just little things like that, dude. Uh, just their their connection, man, is just, it's like you you don't, you can't teach that, right? You, you can't teach a connection like that. I don't know what it is, but MJF and Adam Cole, they just have that chemistry telling this type of a story where it just works. MJF as a listen, I like MJF. We me and Brian have spoken so heavily about this dude ever since we've had this podcast. But even though this this babyface persona that he's playing off at least for the as as for 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 the foreseeable future for right now, it's very very cheesy, <laughs> but it works. It actually, it really, really works. Like MJF, he was like, I don't know if people caught this, but I saw this on Twitter um, to where MJF was calling up uh, Adam Cole during a Twitch stream. He's calling him up about doing like a double clothesline and talking about maneuvers for the next match. And, and Adam Cole's like, listen, man, I, I'm streaming. Uh, can, can we talk about this later, man? Remember we talked about band boundaries and he's like live on Twitch. I just freaking love it. He's like, dude, like you're, you're not, you're not playing video games. Like, like a nerd. Are you like, what, what the hell are you streaming for? It's like, Max, I gotta go. Just goodbye. <laughs> dude. It's, it, it's, they're making it work, bro. At least for now they're, they've made it work. I, I had my, I, I had my concerns here. Right? I, I had my concerns when it first started like, Oh, MJF and, and Adam Cole have to coexist they they have to coexist and they have to they they have to play the coexisting game to get to their tag to, to get to their um to, to get to their title match which i'm guessing is going to be at all in um at Wembley Stadium and and i was thinking to myself we're, we're really going to do this man we're we're really going to play this coexisting game like we haven't seen this before but the way that they're doing it, man, the segments like the gym bro segment, they got a they got a gym session in together. You know, they're lifting a whole heavy, heavy lot of weights. By the way, they just have this it, they have this such appreciation for one another in regards to their hatred for Tony Schiavone. Uh, just freaking love it. If you guys didn't see the, the gym bro segment, like they're they're going they're they're lifting in the gym and all that stuff. They're doing bench press. Adam Cole was like also bench pressing. Of course, he's not really. You can tell the camera's not even like, the camera's like not even solely focused on the bar that he's lifting up. But still, like you, you would, you, the, the, the segment is believing that, you know, Adam Cole is actually with ease is 
bench pressing more reps than freaking MJF did. And it's like, it's just, they're making it work, man. I, I got to give credit where credit is due. And, it, you know, for my aspect, and if you're still a fan that's not on board with this, that's totally fine. But the way it seems to me like there's an actual direction, right? We always talk about the coexisting game, how we've seen it so many times in, in WWE and, and how many times how it's just, you know, it's kind of just, it's, it's over exceeded. It's welcome to where, all right, let, they're just going to play this coexisting game. We see it every other freaking month or week, but with this man, it seems like there's a long-term direction of where, of where this is leaning to and the options that you can have. And you put in MJF and Adam Cole. It's just, it's just working, bro. I don't know what it is, man, but it's freaking working and it is legit becoming the most entertaining the most entertaining story and the most entertaining segments in this entire company. <laughs> like legit, bro. I mean, MJF, that's not shocking. MJF is MJF. But I, I, I'm really, I, I'm really happy to see with Adam Cole because, and I spoke about this with Adam Cole, how lately Adam Cole has been directionless. You know, he, he comes back as a baby face. He says that he's back from injury. He's gone for two to three weeks. And he says, oh, I'm here. I'm back for good now where, you know, you were gone for two weeks. Like then I don't know why you would announce yourself as you were back with the company. And then you freaking leave once again. And it just didn't seem like Tony Khan had any direction for Adam Cole. Sure. There was a, he had something with Jericho that had its moments, but it was just, you know, it just didn't hit. It was very, very underwhelming. I try to give it a chance that it could be it could be special, but it just it just did not land at, at all. There was just nothing about that feud with Chris Jericho and, and and Adam Cole that just it just didn't deliver the expectations of what we thought it was going to. And it sucks because I, I mean I've been wanting to see Adam Cole and what he can deliver to the table because especially with AEW since he's gotten here, he's just been. Attached to the hip with Roderick Strong, with Kyle O'Reilly, and the Elite when he first started. And it's just like, I want to see what this dude does on his own, man. Like, enough, like, like I don't understand why Tony Khan, he, he tries to latch on to what worked over in NXT with Undisputed Era and all the stuff that was once famous in NXT Black and Gold. And trying to latch on to that and see if it works. It's just, it's weird. And and it's and he's done that with Adam Cole more than anybody. But this man, this feels like this has finally been the, the one story and and the last couple of segments over pretty much for this week, man. This this week really took a turn in the right direction to where last week I was just like, all right, well. They can make it work. I thought the, you know, the, 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 the video that I saw on Twitter of him calling on Twitch, I'm like, all right, this is pretty funny. Hopefully they can build to that. And guys, they did the, the gym segment, the, even the match itself, like the freaking match was freaking, it was entertaining. And the story was told between both MJF and Adam Cole as a team. So freaking well, as Adam Cole did pretty much the heavy lifting, which I think tell, which I thought was beautifully well done and and it just it just made sense in how the match was going on as you know defeating uh butcher and daddy magic again this is a blind eliminator tag uh tournament here um 
MJF, their entrance was freaking awesome. MJF comes out. He's doing Adam Cole's shtick with his arms open. He's doing like the boom shtick. MJF, even as a baby face, dude, this dude is comedy gold, bro. This dude knows when he needs to be serious and when he needs to be the devil and when he and, and when it's time to crack a laugh once in a while. Like this dude just it, it's just it's so refreshing to see because now it involves Adam Cole because this is something that he is desperately need man desperately needed this so if this is the way you want to go to all in at least for the foreseeable future because people are into it a lot of people are talking about it now as we are now just a little just you know just you know from coming off of last night a lot of people are into this and 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 so is your boy <laughs> as of right now and I don't want to get too ahead of myself you know, as of right now, I'm in, I'm in the moment and I'm enjoying it for at least for what it was last night, because last night was freaking entertaining as all hell. Freaking Adam Cole and MGF, they're like, he's trying to, MGF is, is trying to, he's trying to bait freaking Adam Cole to cheat to, <laughs> he's trying to bait him to cheat during the matches at times when he's on the ring apron, uh, freaking, you know, MGF mid-matches screaming like, Cole, help me. I'm in trouble <laughs> freaking during the match. He's freaking doing his entrance and shtick. It's just, it's fucking awesome. It's just really is. And it just, it's working. I don't know what they're doing, bro, but it's freaking, it's just working and people are into it and it's good shit. At least for now, man, it, it, it was, it's been entertaining. It's been extremely entertaining. Um, so yeah, Adam Cole did the heavy lifting in this match. He lays out both butcher and daddy magic and Cole wins this match via the boom kick for, the W um, MJF post-match is throwing like a birthday celebration as it was Adam Cole's birthday yesterday. Shout out to Adam Cole, baby, uh, you know, for his birthday, shout out to Adam Cole um, as he throws him a birthday, gives him this little tiny, little small cake and some balloons that, that officials or a security, you know, came out balloons and streamers were coming down as well. MJF is singing to freaking Adam Cole. Um, you know, and MJF, he's like, he's like trying to start chants with the crowd and the crowd's chanting with it, man. They're freaking into it. Um, and then freaking, uh, uh, MJF was, it was going to like, I guess, prank, I guess, Adam Cole, by shoving his face in the cake as Adam Cole's making a wish and, and freaking, <laughs> freaking, uh, Adam Cole sidesteps and throws freaking MJF's face into the cake. Um, and, and now Adam Cole's like, you know what, man? He's like, listen, I, I appreciate what you did, man. This this was this this was really cool for, for for you to do for my birthday. He says, Max. He puts his hand on his shoulder. Thank you, my friend. As slowly but surely, man, Adam Cole is is starting to now get on the good side of of MJF. Um, but this can go either two ways. You know, clearly it's, it, it's, you know, cause you can, you can't trust MJF. <laughs> you, you can't. Right. And it seems like also Roderick strong is going to play a part of it, uh, which I don't mind actually. I mean, of course we all wish that Roderick strong would be doing something on his own, but if you want to involve a slimmer of him into the story where, you know, Roderick strong is going to be like, dude, like why are, what's going on with you and MJF? Like what, like what's like, do you really trust this dude? Like what, like what's going on here? Like that, I don't mind. Cause again, you're involving him as something. You always talk about wrestlers being involved in something that's, that's captivating. That's entertaining. If you want to, you know, put, you know, Roderick strong in, I wouldn't put him in there too heavily, but every so often you definitely want to add him into the story, which I think, you know, does, it, it, it makes sense and it's done very, very well. So 
Yeah, man, there's <laughs> there's really not, not much I can really say about that, you know, and it seems like this can go in two different ways to where, you know, of course, you know, MJF, you know, for the most part, and it seems like to where it could lead to the fact that MJF, he's trying to play Adam Cole, he's trying to get him to get on his good side to where he strikes while the iron is hot um, to turn on freaking uh, to turn on Adam Cole. Or maybe Adam Cole is playing MJF like a fiddle where he's kind of just playing along with it. He's like, all right. He's like, if this is what we're doing, man, let me just play along and act like I'm happy and I'm best friends with this dude and, you know, and, and, and things like that. So, and there's ways to where you can make the turn cool. There's ways that we, you can further this team and put them in more funny freaking segments. I just hope that they don't overdo like, the, like we saw with the, uh, what was it like? There was it was Chris Jericho and MJF, and they had this sing along to where it was funny, like it was entertaining to an extent, but at the same time, it was just like it was a little bit over the top. <laughs> it was to 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 a certain degree, and I hope it doesn't get to that extent. But the way that they're going it right now, you know, and my it's crazy, man. How in just one week time, how how things can change in regards to the, tra in the trajectory of how we feel about a wrestler, about a storyline in the feud where last week, you know, I was like, eh, coexisting in this whole spiel. You know, they had a segment to where they, they, they were in, they were, they were in a funny, we didn't talk much about it. I believe me and Brian last week, but last week they were in a, they were in the parking lot and they were exchanging. He's like, listen, I got a brand new shirt. It says better than you, baby. I thought that was kind of funny. So little, so little uh, teases like that were funny, but at the same time, I'm like, I still don't trust Tony Khan. And I don't, st I still don't trust this company to make it any more entertaining th the, for the foreseeable future. Well, for this week, they did, man, for one, so far for one week, they did, you know, what this leads to and what comes up with it remains to be seen. But you know, in, in, in regards as well with MJF, I mean, it's just, you know, of course, when it comes to MJF, like, obviously, it, you give him the benefit of the doubt that he's going to make it work, as well as Adam Cole, because it just seems like together they have that chemistry. They have, they just have that connection to where it's going to be really damn solid. The booking wise of like the positions that they're put in, that's remain that that remains to be seen, but we know that these two are going to freaking deliver. They've proved that they have that chemistry with one another, that they can pull off this type of team to where they're on the same page, but they're not. They want to show boundaries and all that funny stuff. But yeah, so far, man. Again, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but as of right now, because AEW right now is a company where I just take it one week at a time because I don't, ex I don't. This company doesn't deserve my benefit of the doubt to where long term. You know, I, I highly, I highly expect this to be great in the long run or when this, this feud comes to an end, I'm just not at that point with AEW, but for this week, man, much props to both Adam Cole and to MJF, the match that they put on the, the, the gym session they had together, just freaking comedy gold, dude. And the hatred that they have for Tony Schiavone, fucking awesome. It's freaking awesome. And finally, man. Finally, it feels like it's been a minute since I've spoken about AEW in a, in, a, in a segment, in a story to where, man, I'm really looking forward to see what happens, to, to see what happens next week. Seriously. But outside of that, outside of this storyline, because I do want to change the trajectory a little bit outside of that, though, guys, when it comes to dynamite, I can take it or leave it. Just 
I, I can, you know, with Britt Baker and Ruby Soho, the only thing that's kind of attaching me with when it comes to Britt Baker is when Jamie Hayter comes back and maybe a potential feud with those two. I don't trust Tony Khan because ever since this company has started, the women's division has been booked like complete garbage. So I don't, I don't trust that as far as I can, as far as I can throw them. But they had that Owen Hart tournament match, you know, main event is Kenny Omega and Wheeler Yuta. You know, the BCC is getting involved. The Young Bucks come to the aid, kind of the similar type of ending we've seen to a Dynamite over the last several weeks. Um, you know, Mox and Eddie Kingston, they cut a little bit of a vignette promo, you know, explaining, you know, their friendship and trying to tell the, the story with that. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to have to. I, I want to see where that leads to as well before I can really give my definitive thoughts about that um, in, in regards to it. Because, I mean, they're, they're going to also be in this this blood and guts freaking match. And it seems to me like the only answer is just to get violent, just for everybody, just to brawl. Right? The brawl segment is fun when, when you do it properly. But just to do it every week where everybody's just brawling every week, it's just... I just, I don't know. I, I like at least the fact, I, I respect the fact, I should say, that you're still trying to tell a story with Mox and Kingston. But man, those, that's a few that you can just do with them just together, bro. You don't need the BCC. You don't need the elite, bro. Just put them just as as two separate people in a separate freaking feud. So where where that leads to remains to be seen as well. Outside of that, man, just another... It's another dynamite show, but this MJF Adam Cole story that they got rocking with being, being in this bromance really saved it. It really truly did because I'll be honest with you. And I, and I mean this from the, in the most genuine, honest way possible. If this was not on the show, if Adam Cole and MJF, if that, if that tag match and that, that vignette of, of them working out in the gym together was not on this show, I don't know if I would be reviewing the show at all to you guys, to be honest with you. I really, I I'm really being honest because nothing about the show, like I mentioned with collision and it's, and it's, and it, unfortunately it's, it's, it's a consistent trend to where there's no fear in missing out to see what orange Cassidy does. There's no fear in missing out what Keith Lee does. There's no fear in missing out what the acclaim does. There's no fear about what, with Britt Baker or what Ruby Soho or any of the members from the outcast does. There's just not. And that's the problem. Was this show better than most? Yeah, I'll give it that. I'll give it that slight edge. It was better than most shows. Is that saying much? Not really. But MJF and Adam Cole, man, props to them for 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 making the show what it was. The show did flow. Did the show flowed well? But if it was not for this MJF Adam Cole feud, this story, th this show would just be another dud. Honestly, I, I know that might upset a lot of people, but it's just the truth, man. MJF and Adam Cole right now is the best thing going on, the best storyline, the best feud lead, leading up into All In and the best thing that, that's going on in AEW in that company right now. What it leads to, man, remains to be seen. But the, the good thing about it is, is that, you ha again, you have options. You have tremendous options to where it can work. It can get people captivated. Just Tony Khan, please. And I mean, please don't fuck it up. You struck lightning in a bottle, man. This is what this team, this is what this team is, bro. It's lightning in a bottle to where 
you put them together. I'm like, could it work? I don't know. Debatable. And then you saw what, what, what happened last night. And you're like, that, that was freaking, that was comedy gold. That was good shit. Lightning in a fucking bottle is what that was last night. Just Tony Khan, please, for the love of God, do not fuck this up. You have something that's really special, not special, but you have something that's really good here. Something that could really, can really, really be good long-term that can really get people captivated. You got to continue this consistency. You've got to continue this momentum going into next week and moving forward. Please just do not fuck it up. Tony Khan as of late, it's like a little kid. Like you leave, you leave at the house alone. Like you're going out with, with your significant other and you leave your kid at the house without a babysitter. And you say like, listen, I'm going out of, I'm with uh, me and your father are, are, are heading out for the night. Can I, can I trust you to be here by yourself? Or are you going to blow the fucking house down? That's Tony Khan. Um, so yeah, it, it's just, you know, that's, that's my thoughts about dynamite outside of MJF and Adam Cole, nothing else hit everything else, including the Chris Jericho and Don Callis, as I forgot to mention about that. That's just, I, I don't know. Um, I like the fact where, and again, this is where I'll talk about the blind eliminator tournament for, 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 for just a brief moment. Cause I do want to get into NXT and wrap things up here. I have pros and cons about this tournament. I'll mention the positives real quick. My, my positive is that um, with MJF and Adam Cole, it's, it's, it's developing into a story that's getting people intrigued as well as Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara teaming up because it seems like Sammy Guevara, at least what, of what we have seen over the past several weeks to where he's distancing himself from the JAS. However, Chris Jericho cut a baby face promo. I don't, that was very interesting. I don't know if that was just a one night thing because it was in Canada. It was in Alberta. I, I don't, I don't know. Just kind of weird how the story went from Sammy, Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho to now it's Chris Jericho saying he needs to change. You know, things have not been going my way. You know, it's time for, you know, for me to maybe make a change to, for this to be the best Chris Jericho we've ever seen, like enough of the freaking enough of the JAS, enough of that shtick. It's time to bring back what made Chris Jericho, you know, the best in this business. And that's when Don Callis comes out, he asks him to join his family and he responds with maybe. So I guess, and listen, if you want to be intrigued by that, then hey, I can understand where you're coming from with that. But I just find it weird how Sammy Guevara you know, the, the stories with Sammy Guevara and, and Chris Jericho, and it probably is to an extent, but now, I don't know. It just seems really, really weird. Now we're adding Don Callis into the situations where I guess because they need a member for blood and guts because Daniel Bryan or Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, whoever, however you want to you know say his name or <laughs> want to reference him as, uh, that he's injured and he can't compete, so they need that next member. It's just... It's weird, but when it comes to this tournament, I like the aspect to where, you know, blind teams, a blind team tournament to where it's a little bit different to where you can set things up, you know, so there's that aspect. But at the same time, you already have a tag division. You know, again, if you've seen one tournament, you've seen them all. And you're putting in these random people and these random teams that, couldn't you know it's different it's a blind turn it could lead to something 
But at the same time, you are. What about the teams that you already have in your tag division? You know, it's just like the tag division stock to where this company first started to now has taken a major fucking dip. I, I mean, it's just it's that it's it's that freaking bad, man. Um, I just I don't know what we're doing with this tag division. I mean, with, with FTR, Jurassic Express is not a thing. We have the acclaimed freaking what was it? Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. I mean. I just, what are we doing with this tag division, man? So that's my negative gripe about the blind, uh, about this blind eliminator tag tournament. It's just like, why can't you just build the tag teams that you already have? But yet the positive is, is that regardless if Tony Khan is capable of doing it or not, you can tell to where it could lead to something between two individuals. But I don't know. It's just, you put... Keith and Swerve in a team. It's just like, okay, how many times do we need to see them? It, you tried to do it. It didn't work. It failed. The experiment failed feuding with them and you put them together again and you expect people to care. I, I just, it, I don't know. It just, it's so freaking weird. Maybe it does it for Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia as they're, they were, they're going to be formed as a team. I think Matt Hardy and Jeff Jarrett are going to form as a team. So I don't know. I, I, I truly, I, I truly don't know. But it's just I wish that just tag team like the 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 what's the word I'm looking for? The prestige of tag team wrestling was just was just better, man. You know, you three to four years ago, man, you had a really good tag division. And, and now it just seems like it's just it's not there anymore. It's just so fucking irrelevant. Yeah, FTR and are, are holding on to these titles. You have the acclaimed as well as others. But it's just like there's no. There's no care. There, there's no care about these tag teams. So we're going to put in a blind eliminator tournament to where random individuals are paired up. I just, I don't know. But I do see the positive in it, though. I do see the positive to where if you if you get creative enough, it could lead to something long-term and you can give direction to, to two individuals that need it, especially with this company. Because if your name is not MJF and Adam Cole right now, then man, you need momentum and you need freaking, you need all the type of creativity with this company now more than ever. So that's my take with this, with this blindside tournament. I don't know. I know I'm sure Brian, when he comes back next week, we'll have some words in regards to that as well um, with this tournament. And I'm sure he's got a lot to say in regards to MJF and Adam Cole um, being in this bromance and telling the story with this future title feud that I believe is going to happen um, for all in um, August 27th, I believe is the title date. So it, for, for, for that feud, man, just going briefly back into it, just, it can go either way. You know, MJF could be, he could be playing Adam Cole. Adam Cole could be playing MJF. They could be playing each other. Um, that came out really wrong <laughs> They're <laughs> You know, they're, they're trying to play, play each other for a fiddle, like trying to you know, like, Oh, like, see, like it was all, it was all like a ruse. It was all a freaking plan. And then, you know, and, and freaking Adam Cole's plan was just to play along with it in, into that regard. So, so it, there's multiple ways to where it could still work and it could still be entertaining for fans to gravitate towards. Um, but so far, man, and I want to see more of this moving forward. So far, this bromance and MJF and Adam Cole, decent stuff, bro. AEW, well done, man. So far. So far, well done. 
All right, man, let us get to NXT. So I'm going to try to briefly talk about this because, again, I don't want to be on here too long. I want you guys to get, uh, you know, go, th- you know, by your day and try to end this as quickly as I can here. But I do want to talk a little bit about um, NXT. So the first thing that I do have to mention about NXT, um, and that's honestly the best storyline that's going on in NXT right now, and that is with Tony, Tony D'Angelo and stacks as well as Galagas has now been added into the fray. Now, um, if you guys do not watch NXT, if you guys have not been familiar with this feud, I highly recommend you start binge watching clips and episodes because man, this has been damn good. (laughs) This has been so freaking damn solid. Freaking Tony D'Angelo is awesome, man. Everything about Tony D'Angelo since he's first started, and maybe I'm biased because, again, I'm an Italian. I like to talk with my hands. I'm from New York. You know, freaking who you talking to, bro? You know what I'm saying? So maybe I'm biased in regards to that. But, again, if you see his work, bro, he, his character work is just so freaking awesome. His his delivery with his promos is awesome. He's, he's put on tremendous memorable matches with War Games as well as others. And, and now he's telling this story with stacks to where it seems like, you know, and, of course, if you guys have not kept up with the story, you know, Tony D'Angelo – is right now locked up. <laughs> He's legit in a jail cell. And Stax, you know, part of the family, is, you know, trying to find the rat. The rat who ratted him out to put him in jail as it kind of kind of continued to escalate after their match with Pretty Deadly that sent Pretty Deadly to the main roster. And now, you know, Tony D'Angelo is locked up. And, you know, now Galagus, your tag champs, are involved in this to where Joe, and I can't pronounce his last name, but Joe Coffee or however you want to say it. I'm sure it's not Coffee, but Coffee or whatever. However you pronounce his last name, I don't freaking know. But um, to where he um, visit Tony D'Angelo um, in his jail cell or in, the, or, or in prison, and he, he delivers Tony D'Angelo a message to where um, from a voicemail on his phone how you know, he's kind of seems like he's striking a little bit of a deal here with Galagas to where he's kind of sick and tired of being, you know, the afterthought with Tony D'Angelo. Like he's the underboss, he's the guy. And, you know, and now freaking Tony D'Angelo this week is as as there's now a stipulation to where uh Tony, where Stax is going to face um Coffee, Joe Coffee, um, in a singles match to where if Stax wins, he will be released from prison. But if not, then he remains uh, freaking locked up. Um, but just top tier, bro. It's just getting away from the ring, getting away from backstage, getting away from the arena. Just a segment and a story that actually feels like a story, like a TV show, like a freaking movie. It's just the setting and everything is just so freaking well done. The creativity is through the roof. So major props to everybody involved. Tony D'Angelo, Stax, Galagas, everyone involved. So really, really solid stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see how that match plays out with Stax. And, you know, is Stax, you know, playing Tony D'Angelo for a fiddle to where he kind of screws him in a way in the match to where he remains locked up? Who knows? Who 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 freaking knows? Is he playing Galagas for a fiddle? Is Stax playing Galagas for for a fiddle here? Who freaking knows? So it's just it 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 leaves you 
with questions, right? Good questions, good questions to where you're excited and not baffled to the point where you get so confused and so worked up to where I just, I don't know where this is going. Like, forget this. Like, I'm, I'm not even going to watch because I'm so confused, right? No, it's, it's intriguing and it's questioning to where you need and, and you're intrigued to see, man, I wonder how this plays out. Really, really solid stuff. Tony D'Angelo, like I mentioned, man, shout out to him. Freaking he, ever since he's been a part of NXT, he is, he is just delivered from segment after match after segment after match with story after story. He was even in a story as well with, uh, with Santos Escobar before Santos Escobar and LWO or Legado del Fantasma was the faction name before they came to the main roster. So Tony D'Angelo, man, is the, has been that freaking dude on Tuesday nights. He, he has been the bright spot as well as Stax and Gallagher's the major bright spot and the hottest storyline um, of NXT right now. So major props to everybody um, involved with the story overall. Um, as well as uh, Roxy or Roxanne Perez. I'd like to reference her as Roxanne or Roxy from, uh, uh, <laughs> from ROH. But they had a solid opening match. Very, very solid opening match. Um, you know, Rock, Roxanne, man, you guys have heard me speak very highly about Roxanne Perez, man, this, this woman at such a young age just has, just has it, man. Like her, like her in-ring work is just everything, not just the move sets, but just everything that she brings to the table is just spot on. At such a young age, this woman has a bright freaking future. Um, you know, of course, Bella, you know, Davenport, you know, she was like the mask, you know, she was like a mask, uh, superstar attacking everybody and and of course you have to continue that momentum for her um you know that that momentum for her you know being that masked person and starting something up here with Roxanne Perez but I just wish that you know obviously she's not on the level of a Roxanne Perez but hopefully with more you know with more experience she gets more consistent moving forward but but for what it was solid opening match to start the night off uh, very, very solid. Um, and I do want to say something about JC Jane as she was in a match with uh, Valkyria, Lyra Valkyria, who was who lost in that epic freaking match. I believe it was NXT Battleground against Tiffany Stratton for that NXT Women's Championship. So, you know, very, again, decent freaking solid match as well. However, here's the thing with JC Jane. You know, ever since, and me and Brian have spoken about this to where JC Jane, and, and I mean this in the most genuine and honest take as I can possibly usher here, JC Jane is damn solid. She is a freaking, she is a damn solid good performer. And after that Gigi Dolan feud with Toxic Attraction, you would think that her stock and her momentum would continue. And to be honest with you, it's just not the case. It just, it really, really hasn't. Um, you know, she, I mean, she, she has everything that she has to offer to become a tremendous, a tremendous freaking performer, but they got to, they, they've, they've, they've really have got to, um, they got to be careful when, when it comes to booking her like HBK has to be very, very booking. It's really frustrating, you know, to just. To, to what what's the word the word I'm looking for here to capitalize right to capitalize the momentum that JC Jane had after that freaking feud with Gigi Dolan 
And, you know, and now she takes this massive L. It's just like, and she's been taking a lot of L's as, as of late with, with, the, with the Battle Royal, as well as many other matches in the past, ever since this feud with Gigi Dolan has come to an end. It's just like, they've got to be careful. They've, they really have got to be careful. I'm not liking the way Gigi Dolan has been losing lately. So hopefully that cleans up. So we'll, we'll see, we'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes, man. We, 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 we shall see with JC Jane, but, ma- but major shout out to JC Jane, regardless of how she's booked. She's a tremendous performer. She's proven to me enough that, that she can do this freaking wrestling thing pretty darn freaking well. So m- much props to JC Jane there um, for, for sure. Um, NXT underground, you know, that name should sound familiar, right? Underground um, took place this past Tuesday. Um, if you guys remember a long freaking time ago, at least it feels like a long time ago, they did Raw Underground as Shane McMahon did Raw Underground a couple years ago. And, and, and it just, it had the potential. It was like a different, the setting, it was just more, it was obviously all of these people from the back, you know, people from, from, from catering, having a segment to where, you know, you build up this, this, this fight scene where it's like, people get a proper fight. It's like, they're in like this little, like this little dungeon area, like the lights are dim and everything. And now they're doing the same thing with NXT battleground. But the thing with, 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 with raw underground, at least from the past, it was just, I don't know. There was just something about it that just did not click. And obviously it it didn't last long. If you guys can remember, but when it comes to raw underground, it just, it's, it's such a significant upgrade because it's more of a proper fight. And, and if that makes sense to everybody, you know, for it, it just, it, it fits everybody that was involved. Like Gable Stevenson, for example. Yes, guys, Gable Stevenson, the Olympian that WWE assigned uh, not too long ago, made an appearance at NXT. Uh, NXT. The dude is just freaking suplexing like five guys post-matches. There was a match um, of uh, NXT underground and freaking post-match, you know, uh, Gable Stevenson is just suplexing everybody. So, and it showcases freaking Gable Stevenson. You know, it doesn't, you know, you, you hide, I always say this a lot, hide the strengths, play to your strengths and hide your weaknesses, especially when it comes to Gable Stevenson, you know, showcase his athleticism, showcase those suplexes, that wrestling ability, that proper fight, that, that proper physical background, which is NXT Underground. So when it comes to to Gable Stevenson and his background, um, solid. I I like I like that I like that a lot. So where it leads to remains to be seen. But at least for this week, um, from what Raw Underground gave us freaking months ago, significant upgrade in regards to that. So um, very very well done with with that as well. And then we have the Creed Brothers. The Creed Brothers versus um there were i think i believe the name is now called dyad you know they were known as the grizzled young veterans um they were in a match to where the loser uh leaves nxt um of course you know i sound like a broken record but damn solid good freaking tag match um with a swerve as well um a huge swerve to where the creed brothers lost this match i believe it was you know ava rain got involved um as well as Ivy Nile, so they're brawling outside the ring. The referee's distracted, and I believe an, uh, a mystery superstar with that schism mask interfered and cost uh, the Creed Brothers um, the match. So it seems like the Creed Brothers 
are on their way to the main roster? Question mark. I don't know. Very, very interesting. Uh, very, very interesting turn of events because I'm sure there's a lot of people who uh, who come across NXT that watch NXT frequently. Uh, was definitely thinking the other way around. So definitely interesting to see maybe a post SummerSlam team that we see, and, and maybe that's still the case as well for Braun Breaker. Um, but yeah, we we shall soon we shall soon find out. But very nice little swerve there. I, I do like that. The match was damn solid. We knew the match was going to be damn solid. Um, I just hope that the Creed brothers, when they do get called up to the main roster, because it may seem like that's what's going to happen. Because I mean, they're leaving NXT. I mean, that's the stipulation. So again, I, I've spoken about this, even with DIY potentially forming in the future. You know, okay, it's just, but what are they going to do in such an irrelevant tag division? You know, you're, and maybe this is the start. I don't trust it because there's no care and thought and effort put into this tag division. If your name is not the Usos and maybe the New Day when the New Day were fully formed. So I, I don't know. It, it's just, but for what it was, the swerve in the match um, for this NXT show, um, damn freaking solid, damn freaking solid for sure. As well as um, Finn Balor, Finn Balor making a, ma making a, an appearance um on uh, on NXT as he calls out uh Mello uh Carmelo Hayes um to challenge him at Great American Bash which just cuz here's the thing right there's a and I've spoken heavily about this when it comes to main roster talent I've said this for weeks now it's just if you're going to add main roster talent then do it in a way where it doesn't overshadow and it doesn't take up a major spot for an NXT prospect or a talent. So now you're setting up Finn Balor and Mello at Great American Bash. We've already seen the match on Raw, so now you're going to have a rematch for, for, for Great American Bash. I don't know what another loss does for Finn Balor unless maybe Damian Priest gets involved and because he's, they're trying to tell a story with that guy. I, I don't know. Because if that's the case, if that's the case, then I mean I don't know why Damian Priest would show up to NXT. Maybe I guess to I don't know, man. It's just it's really really interesting. Like I on like I'm just gonna be completely honest with everybody. It's just taking a pay per view spot away from an NXT talent like that, like an NXT pay per view. Not a fan of. You know, keep Finn Balor on Raw. He had his match with freaking. He had his match with freaking with Mello. There's no need for him to face Mello at, at, at a freaking NXT pay-per-view. You've already beat this motherfucker on your home turf. I, I, that just seems so weird to me. And it's just taking up a spot for another NXT talent that could be using that spot for, for what, man? It, it just does not make any sense. Not on board with it at all. It's just very freaking weird. And it just overshadows, it just overshadows, you know, and just taking a spot from an NXT talent that is just not needed, just not needed freaking, you know, at all. But, and that's pretty much what I want to go over for NXT as well. I believe there was a, um, a segment between Braun Breaker and Ilio Dragunov, Ilio Dragunov and Braun Breaker. So it seems like this will be the final feud. At least that's what we're assuming. Uh, for Braun Breaker before he does go up to the main roster as they brawl to end the show. Um, 
you know, they're brawling back and forth. Not sure why. Uh, <laughs> Braun Breaker, I know I'm going to stick to the statement. I said it a couple weeks ago that he took just a random loss to, to Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. I get it, guys. He got exposure. You know, they, 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 they gained a lot of viewership for that match. I get it, man. But you can be giving Braun Breaker to when he debuts on the main roster for whenever that time is to give him even better freaking exposure. That's, that's all I'm saying. But now, finally, they're going to tell this story. He's going to tell the story now or whatever the story is between uh, him and Dragunov. So, I don't know. It's just like I'm not – as of late, man, it's just uh, HBK with JC Jane and now Braun Breaker. It's just like he, they, he needs to protect these people more. It feels like they're kind of overly exposing these people to where – we're not going to take them as seriously if that just makes sense when they rack up loss after loss after loss just does not make sense to me at all. I mean, three, three losses in a row because we expect freaking Dragunov to win this match because we expect that Dragunov, he, who knows, he could be in line to be the next person to face Carmelo Hayes for the NXT title or whatever other feud he wants to be involved in. So, I mean, that's three, pay, that's three losses in a row. One to Carmelo Hayes, one to Seth Rollins, and now he's most likely going to lose to Dragunov. Not a fan of that. Before he goes and you know, just not, not a fan of that at all. Just you know, and again, it's just and with the main roster, you know, I'll believe it when I see it because I've been hearing that this company is highly is 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 highly invested and they are high on freaking Braun Breaker. But I'm going to believe it when I see it at, at the end of the day. So. So that was the segment. Decent segment for what it was. Not, not complaining anything about the segment. I just wish that they can protect um, they can protect these wrestlers more, especially regards to uh, JC Jane and Braun Breaker. You know, show decent for what it was. Um, definitely a decent show. Overall, decent show. Nothing groundbreaking, nothing like special or anything out of the ordinary, but definitely more. More positives outweighed the negatives with the show. Um, so that's that's all I got to say, in, in mostly in regards to that. But HBK, as much as we like HBK and the way he's been booking NXT, and he's done a, a damn solid good job, so much props to, to HBK. When it comes to the booking of JC Jane and Braun, the only flaw, the only critic that I, the only criticism that I have for him is that you got to protect Braun Breaker and JC Jane more. You just have to, you, you know, it's just when you rack up loss after loss like that, you know, he, she, she's already lost to JC Jane's already lost to Gigi Dolan and now she's losing to Valkyria. Now Braun Breaker is about to suffer his third loss in a row. It's just weird booking and it's just, just something you got to be careful with, man. It's just, and, and hopefully when they do get to the main roster, mainly for Braun Breaker, because he's going to be the more re recent coming, coming up. You know, they're just booked as such, man, because there is potential in both of these characters. Braun Breaker has found himself with this heel character. JC Jane is just freaking phenomenal. Every aspect of her game and her work has been tremendous. But, you know, as long as this company is backing them, if there is a plan, if there is creativity, then all then they will do they will do the rest of they will do the rest of the work. You know, that's all you gotta do when it comes to these talents. Everybody. You know, mainly, of course, JC Jane and Braun is the main subject about it. But with 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 most of these wrestlers, with the talent that they have, 
Just get behind them, man. They can only do so much trying to get themselves over. But if the machine is backing them, that is when a star becomes good to freaking great every single time. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of Ruthless Talk. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys hit that notification bell to stay notified for more episodes to come. So make sure you guys stay tuned for Saturday as we talk SmackDown. SmackDown for this coming Friday. There's going to be a tribal court segment um, in regards to this bloodline civil war. Is it over? Probably not. I believe the battle the, the battle was first won by the Usos. And now we get to see what happens moving forward in this tribal court um, this, this tribal court segment. So we will see how that plays out as well as everything else. And of course, where LA Knight stands, um, you guys know how freaking just so frustrated and pissed that I've been in regards to LA Knight. And now he's going to hold on to potentially United States championship. That's what we're, that's what we're assuming is going to happen. But, you know, I, I just don't trust this company to get any, to, 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 to they don't deserve my benefit of the doubt to give LA Knight, you know, to feel him holding on to that United States championship meaningful. I just don't. So, and it's just, it, to me, it's just a consolation prize to where he could have, he, he could be holding on to that briefcase, man. And there's a lot of good shit you can tell with a few that he gets involved in and potentially cashing it in because people want to see the dude. He's mega over, he's white hot, and it leaves people wanting to see what he does with that briefcase because the crowd is heavily behind him. And that's just, that's just it. But it seems like the rumors that he's going after a mid car title, <laughs> you know, and that's the least thing that they can do. And if he, and if that is the case, then you have to give him the United States championship. Um, Cause we've spoken as well about Austin theory. Um, again, no, no shade to the kid, but that his, his reign and his momentum and his booking is just, just not it, man. They, 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 the dude needs a cleanse. The dude needs, the dude needs a legit reboot. <laughs> the, the dude needs to start freaking over. This company needs to go back to the drawing board with him. At some point, this dude has to drop that United States championship um, sooner rather than later. But that is going to be on Saturday. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that as well as our top five wrestlers of the week. I'm not sure if Brian is going to do a list since he is going to be out for about a week. Um, if that is the case, then your boy will just do his own top five wrestlers as well as my honorable mentions for, uh, for this week. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Um, and of course I'll be back again on Tuesday. Yes, there will be another Tuesday show, um, covering Monday night raw. And then a week from today, Brian will be back with me to talk AW NXT as well as more stuff coming around the wrestling world so thank you guys so much for tuning in make sure you guys of course as always follow us on our social medias make sure you follow us on instagram and tiktok that is ruthless underscore talk we are slowly approaching 900 followers on instagram and i and we are now on the cusp of 500 on tiktok for those of you guys that are coming across uh this episode and coming across these podcasts for the first time welcome to the community we we are happy to have you guys here um and make sure you guys stay tuned for more episode and for some more content to come as well as join our Facebook group that is Ruthless Talk. And thank you guys for always tuning in regardless if you know, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, always appreciate you guys tuning in to every episode every single week. 
That is going to do it for today's episode, everybody. My name is James Porcelli, and your boy is signing off, saying salute, peace out, and take care, everybody.